I guess let's do it. Why not? Hello. Hi, and welcome to Murder, She Read, the true crime podcast where we read books, give each other dirty looks, and drink copious amounts of wine. Oh, I'm sitting across, I forgot, it's been so long I forgot how we start this. I am sitting across from Victoria Campbell. And I, who have not forgotten, am across from the ever-lovely Amanda Fall. Don't judge me. (laughs) Victoria, how are you? I'm good, how are you? It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Yeah. Not for them, just for us. Just for us. Um, I'm a little concerned for what's going on outside your house, but otherwise I'm good. We don't have to say exactly what happened, we'll just say there's a big road closure and a lot of police. There we go. Mm. Enough. Yeah. Not ideal. No. What are we doing today? Um, well, today we're discussing The Girls Are Gone by Michael Broadcorb and Allison Mann. Oh, you knew the title this time. I wrote it down. I'm this very time. proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a slow learning curve, but eventually we Episode 18, here we are. <laughs> we used to have a whiteboard where you'd put all that information. I do that for teaching children this week. Oh, so no murder on the whiteboard? No. That's probably for the best. It did say possessed when I went to erase it and take it to class with me. Um, (laughs) Still permanently on there, (laughs) I imagine. Yes. That was a really long time ago. Many, many moons. So many moons. Well, I will say uh, this is a bit of a weird one. It is. Um, And I'll say that I picked this book because, one, the title, The Girls Are Gone, Hello, I was interested. And it also kept coming up on, like, every time I Google best new true crime books whatever this always popped up so i grabbed this is a recent one right yes yeah um and it was big so i decided to tackle it while i was on a vacation Mm, how was that it was nice i have the sunburn to prove it (laughs) as one does i'll show you my butt later if you want it's peeling absolutely thank you okay um well shall we get into it let's fucking do it okay um so i want to take you back to august of 1991 Ooh, uh, way far when david rucky married sandra sue grazzini Sandra was a beautiful cheerleader and gymnast, as well as a pageant girl, Um, and she came from a wealthy family, and if you can tell by the accent I'm doing, they're in Minnesota. They are in Minnesota. Um, And the two were, by all accounts, very happy when they first met, and they welcomed their first son, Nico, just short of their five-year wedding anniversary. They built and moved into a large house outside of the Minneapolis, where they would have four more kids. Wait. Oh, sorry. Um... They're in Lakeville, Minnesota. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's like a suburb of Minneapolis. It's a very tiny suburb. I did look it up because there's some things that come up later that I'm like, how big is this town? Tiny. It's like, what, 5,000-ish? I believe you. That sounds right. Okay. Um, So itsy bits, uh, but they build their dream home there, um, and they have some good gold, basically. And then all those kids. Yes, all those children. And Sandra had worked as a flight attendant. Yeah. And David had bought his dad's company from him. What he does, I don't know. Oh, it's a... Uh, I think he owns garbage trucks? It's something with trucks. I'm pretty sure they're garbage trucks. Just any sort of truck. Yeah. A fleet. <laughs> it's a fleet of trash vehicles. Um, but unfortunately, things started to go awry for the family in 2006 when David was going through financial documents and found out that the trust funds that his father-in-law said had that that he had set up for all five of the Grazzini children had been drained. Oh, where'd that money go? Excellent question, Amanda. Um, So this throws the Grazzini family into, like, an epic battle of biblical proportions over money and inheritance, and David took on much of the financial burden of trying to support Sandra as she went into legal battle with her siblings. 
Is this the same time that at some point his company like goes bankrupt? Yes, yeah, this is all around the same time. Not a great combo. So yeah, their financial situation is not doing well. That fleet of trash trucks gone, vanished. <laughs> Amanda took them. <laughs> I am just riding around. <laughs> Two thousand and six, you will graduate in high school. No, I was in college. Oh, I was graduating. <laughs> Um, so Sandra suggests that she and David get a fake divorce. It's a divorce on paper, which would basically financially sever them, although they would still stay together. Emotionally? Yeah. Physically, emotionally, whatever. Um, and it wouldn't impact their day-to-day lives, but it would protect their family from any of the financial shit with the Grazini family siblings and any losses that David's business might sustain. Interesting. And he's like, okay. Sure. I mean, if we're going to protect our assets, sounds great. I trust you. I love you. We've been married for a while. Let's do this. So he signs papers without ever looking at them. Okay. So not very long after the signing, however, David comes home from work and Sandra's like, I want a break. And he's like, okay, well, why don't you go out with your girlfriends for a night? She's like, no, I, I want a divorce. And she means a real one this time. So This is in 2006? Yes. Oh, we're early. So David, not pleased, um, does this kind of shitty thing and brings all of his kids downstairs and make them like sit at the table while he, while he asks Sandra why she wants a divorce and why she wants to break up their family, which feels unnecessary. He then clears out of the house because he wants to clear his head. He goes to his friend's house and then he comes back home. And when he gets back home, Sandra is smoking a cig out the window. As one does. Yes. Um, and she's has two of her girlfriends over there. They've drank three bottles of wine among them. That's casual. Yeah, of course. A bottle of wine and gal. Um, and David goes upstairs to lay down, and he's interrupted from his nap by the police showing up at the house, coming upstairs, and telling him that he is not supposed to be in that house because they've been divorced. Oh. So David tries to explain to the cops that the divorce is just on paper, not a real deal. And the police are like, no, 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 no. The paperwork says otherwise. You can't be here. This is like a contentious divorce. You're not allowed in this house. You don't own it anymore, basically. So David leaves um, and then comes back later that night. He breaks into his own home um, to find the papers that he signed and look at the like minutia of them and finds out that he has really signed off on a very real divorce one in which Sandra gets their big home, their vacation home, and all of their vehicles. And he's left with a rental property and most of their debt. Oh. Oh, she also gets all the kids. That's not really fair. No. Uh, but he did, I mean, he did sign it, right? So, like, you should probably read something before you sign a legally binding document. 100%. Even if you love and trust your wife. Um, so David gets a lawyer and sets about getting the divorce overturned while Sandra sets about getting herself in order of protection against David, claiming that he was physically abusive against both her and the children. So this whole mess goes to court and it's eventually found that Sandra has millions and millions of dollars that she's been hiding from David by shimmying them around in her own children's trust funds. And although it wasn't explicitly clear in the text, I think that she was the one who managed to drain her siblings' trusts. Oh. Yes. How did she do that? Does she have access to them? I wouldn't imagine so. I don't know how she would, but I don't know where else the money went. Um, And also how she had millions and millions of dollars. 
Well, I know that her family was really rich, mm-hmm. and she had a trust. Right. That I think there were millions in there, but okay. I don't know. Okay. I just surmised that she's This is all new that. information to me, so oh, well, you're very welcome. excited. Um, so during the summer of 2011, we're five years later now from the initial incident, um, as the court battle regarding the validity of the divorce and its implication implications, excuse me, for each party rages on, Sandra starts dating a former police officer who's now a corrections officer named Michael Radin, and he'll end up coming to every court hearing with her and eventually move in with her in the home that she used to share with David. Um, So finally, a decision is made regarding the fake paper divorce. The judge errs on the side of David, believing that he had truly only assumed he was after a financial separation rather than a marital one. Sandra knows this is not great for her, so she starts writing herself checks for, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and she flies to Vegas and cashes them at the Bellagio. Hey! Hello! Not suspicious at all. Mm -mm. Uh, But what this really means for David is basically, like, the clock gets reset, so he gets to go back to court and try to have somebody decide who gets custody of the kids and who gets what, and it so it undoes virtually what he had signed in the original injunction. Okay. So, um, ultimately, Sandra is going to end up keeping the big house that the two had built where they lived with their family. David moves into their second home, which had been a rental property uh, before. The kids are supposed to live with Sandra and have supervised visits with David. And it's important to note here that the court-appointed child assessment person, who probably has an official title, but that's what I wrote down, um, notes that the children sound really coached in practice when they talk about their dad. Um, and in fact, as these supervised visitations, the children would often say that David gave them murder glares. Murder glares? Um, and also discreetly, like, he'd be looking at them and be like... (laughs) (laughs) That's, you can't see. She is flipping me off and scratching her head. Yeah, just like a discreet middle finger. Yeah. One of these, like, where you wind it up. (laughs) Uh As if their dad were doing that to them. Um, so there's some familial hijinks at work here. Um, so we're going to go back to court, and Sandra claims that David has sexually abused all the kids, um, and physically abused her, um, but she also announces at this point that she can't take care of the kids either, as she's broke, and is going to have to work full-time as a flight attendant, which is what she did before she had kids. It's not just a casual job. Right. Um, so custody is given to David's sister, Tammy, because everything's too contentious right now for a judge to decide what is true and what is false. Um, So Tammy's slated to move into the family home to care for all the kids. And on the first day of the residence that she's supposed to take up, she can't get into the house. All the locks have been changed. The garage door code has been changed. Um, And the kids are supposed to be coming home from school on the bus. Neighbors run over to tell Tammy that they saw the rookie kids sprinting the other way down the street after they got off the bus. Um, and two of the girls even went to the police and claimed that Tammy was abusive and they couldn't live with her. So we are currently in 2013. Yeah. Um, so the kids are all gathered up by the police this time. Tammy manages to get in the house, which is covered in graffiti. I would pay some gold to know what it says. It's not in the book. God damn it. Why not? sucks with an X on the wall. Like, I don't know. Um. (laughs) One can only hope. And there's, like, trash everywhere. And the furniture is soaked with urine. What's happening? I don't know. I don't, it never said there were pets. Like, I don't know who's peeing on anything. Um, and so Nico, the firstborn, opts to stay with Tammy at the house, and the other four children 
have to be sent to live with another relative because there was this claim that Tammy was abusive that was posited by two of the girls. Um, so at this point in the narrative, Sandra gets involved with some fucking bonkers family justice vigilantes, and including a woman who will go on to represent her in court. And after further exhaustive custody hearings, Tammy is awarded custody of all the kids, and she has to live in the family home again with them, fix it up, make it livable, and the plan is that David is eventually going to join them and try to, like, rebuild their family, basically. So things start to look up, at least for David. Um, so, however, on the night that Tammy is set to take the two oldest girls, Samantha and Gianna, back to the family home, she's, like, downstairs, the girls are upstairs, she hears the shower, she's, like, doing whatever, um, and then suddenly she doesn't hear anything. And she freaks out, she runs upstairs, and when she goes on to check on them, they're gone. The girls are gone? The girls are gone! Oh my god. Um, they're vanished, basically, like, as if the rapture has happened. They don't have their shoes or their backpacks. And this is April of 2013. Yes. Gone. Um, so, Tammy gets in contact with the police, who don't issue an Amber Alert, which is fucked up, uh, as the children are not perceived to be in danger. They just, like, slate them as runaways. Right. Um, Very fucked. Yeah. And David is obviously frantic, and later, when a reporter by the name of Trish Van Plimsom comes to his door, he acquiesces to an interview. And as Trish leaves, she tells David that she'd interviewed the girls, but won't tell him where or with whom. And so for the next 917 days, Trish would never share where she'd seen the girls, um, and she's presumed to be the last person who saw the girls alive. What about that interview they gave? Go for it. Oh, so, okay, the girls are missing. Days after they first disappear, the girls give an interview to a local Fox affiliate, reportedly at a hotel. They tell the reporters how they ran away. The girls claim that their father was emotionally and verbally abusive and that their mom was their protector, but that now they have no one to protect them. The girls... Oh, now I'm just going into what ends up happening to the girls. Okay. Um, so, obviously, we've got a huge situation here. Like, these two girls are missing. There's been this huge custody battle. Um, Sandra's involved with this, like, bonkers vigilante group who's very much the woman who's spearheading it, Michelle McDonald, who uh, ends up being Sandra's representation in court for many years, um, is trying to do a lot of court reform with how uh, the law handles family divorces and separations and custody arrangements all across the board. Um, so she's like a huge agenda. There's a lot happening here. Yes. <laughs> um, so not only does she get involved with Michelle McDonald, there's also this whole online group of people who like take up Sandra's cause. They're like, David Rucky is an abusive monster. Um, and they even put up like a billboard about protecting families from monsters like David Rucky. So there's this whole side project going on where different people are trying to push their agendas and they're sort of using Sandra's custodial battle to spearhead it. Right. And I mean, I will say that that I think is a very positive thing in general. I just found out something through researching this, which was that you can't get a public defender in family court. Is that true? Yeah. Is that why Sandra had to rep herself? Yeah. Well, that was a different thing. Sandra's <laughs> lawyer didn't show up one day. Two of them quit on her, too. Yeah, everyone quit on her. Yeah. And the judge was like, no, we're still doing this. Yeah. You can represent yourself. And she was like, I don't know what. I'm a flight attendant. Here's a peanut. Yeah, which isn't fair. But yeah. also, so like, 
what that says to me is obviously if you can't get a public defender, I'm sure there's plenty of situations where victims of abuse probably don't have the money for a lawyer right. where their husbands do because they're in control of everything, True. including money. All of it's fucked. I'm saying I 100% agree with this movement, not using Sanders case. I kind of mm, will get to that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but so there's like the two sides of this equation right now, right? So these girls are gone. Um, yeah, also, like, what what are these reporters doing? How do they just do these interviews with this girl, or these girls and then leave them in the hotel room? They did. I, I Well, I have that information at the end. Okay. But if you want to know, I can give it to you. So, yeah. No, I'm going to save it for the end. Okay. But everything you just said is absolutely correct. Um, <laughs> so the end or now? Um, but so we're still in court. Like, this is a very contentious thing. Like, every court process here is fraught with back and forth and again so there's like a lot of different agendas warring here so we're in court forever um so sanders got this new attorney i mentioned michelle mcdonald and insanity ensues in this courtroom the girls are missing at this point yeah um david is still trying to figure out custodial issues and also like where the fuck are my kids um so while in the courtroom michelle who was the new lawyer for Sandra, um, takes on, she doesn't want to answer, or she doesn't want to, uh, excuse me, continue in her cross-examination. It's clear that she's unprepared, so she goes ahead and takes on the mantle of a catatonic person and also uh, takes a break and then comes back in a wheelchair and refuses to answer any questions from the judge or the deputy or anything. She won't even identify herself by name. So they have to arrest her and basically hold her in contempt of court um, which is basically a ruse so that she, one, gets some attention, and two, she doesn't have to deal with the fact that she was unprepared for this particular legal situation. So that's a tantrum, yeah. right? Yeah, well, it gets, <laughs> it gets better. So um, she refuses to identify herself for the citation, so they don't have her name, so they just toss her in prison overnight. And during the time she is in prison, since she wouldn't say her name, they had to put her basically in an isolated cell in case she had, like, any airborne diseases that she was carrying or whatever which I guess is standard protocol but it was very cold in there Amanda so she wrapped herself head to toe in toilet paper like a mummy not once but twice <laughs> wait 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 she wrapped herself in two layers of toilet paper or she wrapped herself in toilet paper it was removed from her body and then she did it again yes it was very cold <laughs> she's an actual fucking toddler yeah she is Okay. Yes. Uh, she also later tried to be on the Supreme Court. She's doing Yeah, I've fine. got some information yeah. <laughs> about that. Um, so, courtroom performance aside, David is given full custody of all of his children and the allegations against him made by his double ex-wife now, right? They had the fake divorce and now the real divorce. Right. Um, are found to be unfounded. Um, so that means he gets all five kids, but unfortunately, no one knows where two of them are. Well... You can have their other three. So David is searching for them everywhere. He's convinced they're living at Sandra's boyfriend's house, the guy who was the ex-cop. Ew, creep. Um, he is a creep. He went into a school and impersonated a police officer and also brought a gun in there. 100% of that is wrong. Yeah, he's he should be in jail. He's pretending that he is the jail. Um, <laughs> but uh, David thinks he has seen them in his yard, and he keeps driving by, and Tammy, meanwhile, is... St- just, like, stalking the girls' internet presence and keeping an eagle eye on their social media, but there is nothing. Um, so no one can find the girls. Okay. At all. Um, and also, suddenly, Sandra is also MIA. 
Yeah, Sandra leaves. Yeah, she does. She actually slips out when uh, her lawyer, Michelle McDonald, pulled the wheelchair move. Oh, it's a ruse? A distraction? Yeah. So when she first did it, she... Uh, a magic trick. Yes. <laughs> I'm a mummy. Uh, I mean, that was later. But, um, so when she had done that, it was like they went on a break, Michelle came back in in the wheelchair and in her fabricated catatonic state, and in that interim, Sandra had packed up everything, like all of her legal notes and everything, and just fucking hit the road. Where'd she go? Well, we'll find out later. Damn it. That was a good wink for you. I bet you can guess. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do have information in this case, I promise. I'm just waiting to get to something that I know. <laughs> no, I know. I, I have a lot of information. It's a very long book. Um, so, David keeps hunting, and eventually a journalist named Michael Broadcorb gets involved, and he is a co-author of this book. Um, and he's a father himself and becomes very emotionally invested in the case, and he ends up actually attracting the attention of some of Sandra's vigilante supporters who go so far as to threaten him. Oh, yeah, he's got protective orders out against most of them. Do you want to take it? Nah. Okay. That's all that I had. <laughs> um, so finally, after almost 850 days of the girls being missing, a warrant is finally put out for Sandra. Which okay. seems insane to me. That's so long. Well... Yeah, but also they didn't have any proof that she knew, although she obviously knew. I mean, she kept denying, like, when she was going through all the custodial hearings, she was like, I don't know where they are. Yeah, well, like, we know you know. No one's dumb, but you can't just arrest her without any sort of proof. I guess. Um, but... (laughs) No, I think that's the law. (laughs) I'm the law. But Broadcorp had received a lot of leads along the way as to where the girls might be, but all of his searches turn up virtually nothing. However, he is able to keep writing these articles that keep their story in the news. And he's also, more importantly perhaps, able to have a relationship with David Ruckey, who had been so pissed about that woman who had come into his home, interviewed him, and then flipped it on him and been like, I know where your daughters are, bye! Um, so he, David begins to rebuild a relationship with the media that he had hitherto just refused to have because he had been taken for a ride by that woman, that local Fox reporter whom you had mentioned. Oh, it was the same one that interviewed the girls? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, she okay. had, she'd interviewed the girls and then she had come to Dave's house, interviewed him, and he was like very heartbroken and earnest and honest. And then as she was leaving, like off film, she was like, by the way, I interviewed your daughters two days ago. The fuck? Yeah, and he was like, where are they? She's like, I'm not telling you. How is that legal? I don't know. Is that not like aiding and abetting a kidnapping at this point? That's a very good point. I mean, later she was very nervous that she had done that, as she should be. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, But so he begins to rebuild this relationship with the media that then brings the case back into the public eye because at this point, since they've been gone, it's been over two years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, So... Michael starts writing these articles um, that are published locally and they get national coverage. There's actually an ABC special. Did you get to watch that? No, but I watched something else. I can't wait. There's a 2020 called Footsteps in the Snow. I don't like that title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so anyway, this Warren is put out for Sandra and Sandra is occasionally active on some messaging boards again about custodial issues and parental rights, etc. But otherwise, there's not a lot of information about her whereabouts. There are some Facebook postings that originate from Minnesota, but when the police go to that address, there's another woman there who's just been posting on Sandra's Facebook under her name. Normal. 
Yeah, that's what I do to you when you're asleep. I know. Um, <laughs> so despite this, the U.S. Marshals get involved and bless them because they learned that Sarah has been dating Sarah Sandra, excuse me, has been dating a fellow flight attendant named Jack Ald. Who lives in Florida? Florida. Oh, I didn't realize he was a flight attendant. Yeah, they're both. He's rich. Why is he a flight attendant? She's also rich. Who's a flight attendant that has that much money? Did we pick the wrong cruise? Obviously. Although flying does terrify me. I can walk around asking everybody, you're trash? (laughs) That is your dream. You do it now, it's weird (laughs) in the streets. She really loves recycling. Um, so yeah, all roads lead to Florida. So soon after this revelation, Sandra gets arrested at a fucking luxury resort with Jack Ald in Kissimmee, Florida, which is where Disney World is located. Yeah. And Gatorland, a fine attraction. I had some information. Where is it? I didn't know he was rich, so if you got that. So yeah, she. Oh, I've got that she's living in Clearwater, Florida. Are they the same? No, Clearwater's different, but they weren't when she was arrested. She was at a resort in Kissimmee. Okay, yeah. So she's with Jack Ald at a property described as resort-style living. Also, she's now she's claiming to be homeless. <laughs> she's claiming that she's so broke, so penniless. Her supporters are saying that she's taken to couch serving and eating cold cans of SpaghettiOs to survive. She has millions of gold. Right. Her Escalade was in the parking lot yeah, when the cops pulled up. Yeah, it's a $15,000 car, yeah. <laughs> Um, so this resort-style living has spectacular, expansive waterfront views. It also features a spa, pool, sauna, a tiki bar, and a marina with private boat slips. A week prior, Jack and Sandra had signed a lease together in this property. I think she's got the gold. I think she's got some money. Yeah. Just a few bucks. One or two. Yeah. I mean, what I go into after this is uh, some recorded telephone records show that Michelle McDonald knew of Sandra's involvement in Samantha and Gianna's disappearance. Of course that bitch did. She's currently being investigated by the Office of Lawyers' professional responsibility for alleged violations of the Minnesota Rules of Professional Conduct governing licensed attorneys. She's under probation. Her lawyer, the lawyer's lawyer, had her license suspended. Michelle tried bringing a lawsuit against this book that we're talking about right now, and it was thrown the fuck out. Is she going to sue us? Let's hope so. I hope so, Michelle. That's not her real name also. Get us some uh, exposure? Yeah, Michelle. Sue us. Don't sue us. (laughs) We're so poor. Hey, $3, you can have it. (laughs) For the last week, I had $12 in my bank account. (laughs) Amanda has $12, you can have it. So... Sandra, after being arrested at her tiki bar, I imagine, probably. <laughs> Drink in hand. Coconut side. Um, she's taken back to Minnesota, where she was jailed after her initial hearing. Um, so meanwhile, things finally start to pick up in terms of finding the girls. Yes. Um, the police had executed a number of search warrants on friends and supporters of Sandra's and found information that indicated that the girls... I mean, this is like a U.S. Marshal's coming in, kicking doors shit, yeah. I think. Um, so the, the girls are most likely at a farm in Minnesota called the White Horse Ranch. Yeah. And police roll up, and the owner of the ranch was like, oh, they're insane. So, a website for the ranch says that it helps broken children through horse therapy programs. What are you doing to the horse? Nothing fucking good. This sounds like both a cult and the fabric that all of my nightmares are woven <laughs> from. <laughs> the ranch is on the outskirts of Herman, Minnesota, a town of about 438 people located three hours northwest of Lakeville. Do you have the real name of 
the ranch? No. Would you like it? Yes. Okay. It's called the uh, Destiny Equine Intervention, which makes me think that they're like... It's a cult for sure. Like, uh, what is it called? Scared straight for horses, for gay horses. (laughs) (laughs) Scared straight for gay horses. The website says that the ranch opened in 2010 after two abused girls visited, and God started to implant the realization of a nonprofit ranch in which herding kids could experience his love through the interaction with a horse. God shouldn't implant anything that's gross. God shouldn't go through horses. (laughs) No fucking thank you to everything I just said. I want a hard pass. Well, uh, I've got the fun web that all ties this together. Oh, I don't, so let me toss it cool. to you in a second. Um, so again, the cops get there, they're like, take them. Um, so Gian and Samantha were taken to the hospital to be evaluated and regarding... Deprogrammed. Basically. Don't stop looking at that horse. <laughs> um, so they were found to be physically fine, uh, but scared, because they had been through some mm. weird shit, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. Um, so I have what happens after with the family do you want to talk about let's just take a quick second and go through this web go for it so gina dalen dalen who knows she operates nightmare ranch so this is how the girls ended up at the ranch yes okay gina is good friends with dv dd evavold yeah i ignored her she's an activist who takes issues with the family court system we've already talked about it in concept it's necessary she's more of an extremist uh, it's a little bit much. So, Evavold managed Michelle McDonald's unsuccessful campaign for state Supreme Court. Oh, I didn't know she was the... Uh-huh. Oh. Who the fuck is Michelle McDonald? She's the lawyer. She is the lawyer, yeah. As far as all of these women are concerned, this was never a kidnapping. These girls ran away. Evavold goes as far as saying that no one was ever looking for them when she was reminded that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children (laughs) mounted a full campaign during their disappearance. She doubles down saying that they weren't concerned until politically motivated coverage started. Which feels like you're just ignoring every answer. Um... These women are just the embodiment of fake news, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the tie. So we get from the ranch straight to the lawyer. Right. Everyone, it goes all the way. All the way through. All the way up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, they all knew about it. So what's going, the fallout for Sandra is that she faces eight felony charges for deprivation of parental rights, which I kept writing as prenatal, which is a different issue. Different Um, book, Victoria. We'll get there. (laughs) So they go to pretrial and it's a fiasco that looks similar to the other trials that Sandra has waltzed through. Um, Sandra again starts accusing David of abuse, despite the fact that this has already been deemed a fallacy in an earlier trial. And according to Sandra, who takes the stand in her own defense, uh, she did absolutely nothing wrong. She's an angel. Not a one thing. Not a thing. Um, her daughter, Samantha, also has to take the stand, which is fucked up because she's been through enough. Um, but they do it from, like, a pre-recorded session. Um, and so despite her... Hi. Uh, <laughs> Swallow it. <laughs> uh, despite her assertions, Sandra was found guilty on six charges of deprivation of parental rights. However, when the judge ultimately hands down the sentence at real sentencing, Sandra's only subject to fines. And this might be wrong, Amanda, so if you have different information laid on me, and like 34 days in jail? It's not much. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's 34 days in jail and then just six years of probation. Um, 
so when she's taken away for said 34 days, she's laughing and tossing her head and exhibiting 0% remorse. But she doesn't care. No, she does not give one fuck. And in fact, it's embodied because on October 24th, uh, she was released from those 34 days in jail. However, on November 2nd, uh, a warrant was issued for her because she had failed to do two pretty fucking simple things, which is one, meet with your parole officer, um, and two, give that parole officer a new address. Well, you know what she was really busy doing? Touching horses. (laughs) Making a 40-minute long YouTube video that I had the pleasure of watching. You watched that? Well, not all of it. Is it still on there? Yeah. Do you want to know about it? Um, yes. Yes. Yeah? I thought that was in 2018. I don't know. She made it at some point. Tell me all about it. Um, okay. So Sandra, she apparently goes by Sam. It's Sandra Sam is what she says. Which doesn't make much sense. Well, she can't spell not really. So in her own words, the, okay, that's the title of the video, is Sandra Sam Grazzini. Grazzini Rucky, in her own words. Also, like, drop the Rucky. Yeah, if you divorced you, him twice. <laughs> if you hate this man and claims that he sexually and physically abused you and your children, maybe drop the last name. I don't know. It's just a suggestion. So we opened with this scrolling list of accusations against the quote-unquote monster David Rucky. These include child molestation, rape, fraud, grand theft, and conspiracy to induce suicide. Not sure what that one entails. Who are we? The overarching claim here is that he is being protected by the local judge and that the judicial judicial system in Lakeville is disturbingly corrupt, which is why I had to look up, like, how big is this town? I don't know. I feel like there's probably not much corruption in a town of 4,000 people. No, How I also, much can there be? There can't be much. And also, I feel so bad for that poor judge, the first man who had to work on it. was It was just, like, tireless. And she was being very resistant and unhelpful. Well, and at the very end of the scrolling list, it's just dropped in at the bottom that he raped two of his daughters. Oh, just a cat. It's an afterthought, and if anything. So we get Sam superimposed on this brightly lit backdrop where she doubled down on all of the monster claims. And then we're right back to the scrolling, where it says, The violently gross and graphic details of the child molestation, rape, and incest have been left out of this video intentionally. They can be discussed in person with the proper individuals. No one wants to hang out with you. <laughs> I'm really early on watching this video, but like, I, I'm not buying a word of it no. so far. It's also been, I mean, it's everything that she's claimed before in court, which is all of this, yes. has been overturned by a judge, and it's not just like a male judge sitting there saying it. There were also like social workers who came in and talked to the kids, and like family advocate people who have said like all of this never happened. Yeah. And by 2018, the kids have also been like, oh, no, none of that's true. Like, none of that happened. Yeah. So the language throughout the entire thing is accusatory, but it's not direct. So it's almost like she knows that there is no proof of any of this, and she doesn't want to just be outright sued. There was one point when she was, um, as you talked about, when she had to serve as her own lawyer, essentially, in court, um, she had her husband on the stand, right? So, like, theoretically, this would be the time when she could be like, remember when you did X, Y, and Z? But she never did because it didn't happen, and she wasn't prepared to try to fabricate a, uh, a cross-examination strategy that would underline those things. Yeah, you, especially if you're not a good storyteller. Correct. <laughs> so there's a lot of weird wording in this. She says, did abuse too, a lot, instead of, like, abused. 
I don't know. It felt very, like, removed. Just my personal opinion. Yes, that also is a writing teacher. It takes the immediacy away when you do that. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's totally emotionless. Like, telling the story, there's zero emotion in her face. It's 100%, like, someone gave her a paragraph and was like, can you read this in different ways and let's take 40 minutes of everyone's time. She said, yes, also my name, Sandra, is spelled with an M. Thank you. <laughs> um, she says the reason that her children are uh, not with her and the reason that they won't tell their side of the story is because they are, to this day, afraid. At this point, they're all adults, right? She yeah. mentions that they're 18, 19, and 21. Yeah, also, there's five 21. of them. I don't know why she only brings up three ages. But <laughs> she's just repeating these really vague claims. She's not telling a story. At 27 minutes in, she starts to cry. She states that it's been years since she's seen her children, and then immediately like wraps it up and bottles it back down. Huh. Uh, at the end, she claims that the initial divorce ruling... Oh, that in the initial divorce ruling that she got nothing, just custody of the kids. She said she didn't get the house, just the kids, that she was going to have nowhere to live. You can look at a document. Right, all the court documents say otherwise. Um, She says in the second ruling that everything from the house to her trust fund to the clothes on her back went to David. This feels a... can, Can Zachary get all my dresses if I divorce him? Is that a... Legal option? Can I get all your dresses if you divorce <laughs> I don't know. Most of my dresses are size four that I don't fit in Zachary anymore. <laughs> Zachary, Zachary will fit in the dresses <laughs> better than either of us no, will. Thank you. So, okay, I skipped about 70% of this video, to be fair, because it's sometimes it's for self-care. <laughs> you have to look out for your own personal safety. Sure, sure, sure. But do you know how I, I found this video? Tell me. Justice four, the the number. The la number. The la number. <laughs> Grazini Rucky Family WordPress.com. She makes a ton of claims that these divorce proceedings left her homeless and destructive. That's all of this website. It's so good. Um, check out that website. Where's Justice the- for Grazini Rucky Family WordPress.com. Who got the escalate? I don't know that anyone got it. Is it Jack Ald? I think Jack (laughs) Oh, she did sign it over to Jack Ald before because she couldn't have it in her name. Her old boyfriend had it in his name and he had to sign it over. I think that the cop Michael Raiden had that. Yeah, I think Raiden and then Raiden signed it over to Jack Ald. Who's passing Escalades around? Where's mine? If I'm someone's ex and there are Escalades in my name, I'm not signing it over to their new boyfriend. No, no. We should find out if you have any of those in your stable. I doubt it. Anyways, that was my biggest piece of information no, for you, no, was that excellent. lovely video. I'm happy that you I watched it. I was going to look it up, and then I said, bye, no thank you. No, yeah, that's my job. Don't take my job. Um, Are I'm, you trying to push me out of this podcast? It's just me screaming. <laughs> yeah. You're just running back and forth <laughs> on either side that's of the mic. That's what I'm going to do on your birthday in very short weeks. I cannot wait. Like a week and a half. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't like it. Too bad. Let's skip it. Let's talk about the murder instead. No, there is no murder. It's fine. Um, what if we just dropped a surprise murder at the end of this? By the way, I killed Amanda. <laughs> um, but the only other thing that I have is that in addition to that bonkers YouTube vid, she also had a podcast. God damn it, I need to listen to that. Um, called Fighting Back with Sandra Sam Grazzini. Uh, but it went off air after like 10 eps, so I don't know where you can find it. I guess it was a podcast style, so maybe not a true pod. Was it, is it not on iTunes? It might be. I didn't give it the Google. Hmm. Um, so what actually happened when, um, the girls went missing that night in question, um, 
Sam and Samantha and Gianni, um, they were upset and they had called their mom and she came and got them. Um, and they went to St. Cloud, as Amanda said, to Dee Dee. Eva Volds? Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, to her house. At least that's how I'm going to pronounce it. And as Amanda said, Dee Dee was friends with the Dolans, so she called them asking if the girls could stay for a few days. They told the girls two and it a half was years. going to be two days, and then they fucking peeled out of there. So Sandra didn't see them again for two and a half years. She just, like, fucking left them there. Because she had to find a way to gaslight the world into believing her husband was a piece of shit. Yeah, so she just dumped them. Which... I didn't find it in my research, but I did hear it in another podcast, so let's take it with a grain of salt because I don't have proof. But there apparently was... There's a couple instances in which there is proof that David was a bit violent. Okay. Um, He had a restraining order taken out against him after, I think, his mother died. Oh, interesting. His mother requested, because they also came from some money, his mother requested in her will that when they're dividing up the money against the amongst the family members that a lawyer be present. Okay. So his a lawyer was present and that pissed David off. So David attacked the husband of his niece. Okay. I don't know how or why that. Maybe it was like just him and his niece were the only one. Who fucking knows? That's interesting. But so a restraining order was taken out. The cops were called. There were police records of this. Um, He just made a lot of threats. He didn't hit anybody. Um, And then there was another instance. He was arrested at a bar. He got really drunk, broke a beer bottle open, and then refused to leave. So he was <laughs> taken to jail. It kind of sounds like both of them are just, like, volatile people. Right. And I, then put together in this, like, snow globe and shit. Yeah, yeah, and, like, don't don't have kids. Not two. <laughs> Your blanket for everyone. Blanket. Just, okay, if we could give you one piece of advice, just, like, never procreate, we'd be ideal. But especially two, like, really kind of batshit bananas people. Mm-mm. This was, like, a bad bad cautionary tale it's interesting to hear that so like through the lens of the book and so maybe we can talk a little bit about this now because i wanted to talk to you for two weeks about this (laughs) um again i was super jazzed about this book uh mostly because of the title and it kept coming up on all these lists it was the most boring thing i've ever read in my entire life the case is so interesting though yeah but like this whole book it was uh maybe 400 pages. I don't know. I it don't sounds know like a lot more about the proceedings of it and not, like, the interesting story behind it. No, it was all... It was direct court record, like, all of it. Yeah, so that's the, not what I'm interested and in. And then, so, like, one of the authors of the book is the the man, Michael, whom we had been talking about. Um, so he wrote it, so then he casually included all of his own articles that he had written for the newspaper. No, thank you. Full verbatim. So, like, the amount of... It's on my Kindle, right? I'm not buying this for real. I'm, like, scrolling through this shit, and it was just insane. And it was... And there would be, like, interludes, but they never actually... What I was looking for was an interlude that would sum up whatever the, like, court jargon was, because I'm not reading that. You know who should have done this book? And rule? Yeah. (laughs) Bring her back. (laughs) Bring her... Can we do a seance? Get her back up here. Bonus. Bottle. Bonus bottle episode (laughs) is us doing a seance to try to get Anne Roll, even though we've critiqued and yelled at her. I would actually kind of like if she did the story instead, because I think that there is a lot of really juicy details in here, not like exploitative ones, like ones that would actually tell a full story. Yeah, and like, I mean, there's some other stuff, like all of the, all of the girls, the Rocky girls were pageant 
girls and Sandra was a pageant queen and stuff that just wasn't in the book. And then again, it's interesting to talk to you about and hear about this restraining orders um, or any paperwork against David because in the book he's presented as an angel because the authors had a personal relationship with him. Yeah, and I will say that a lot of the research that I did was very obviously informed by that relationship Mm -hmm. because he was presented as this perfect angel throughout all of it, which is why in my initial research is all like, well, fuck you, Sandra. Right. And then digging a little bit deeper... I found, like, snippets of it on my own, and then I was like, I'm just going to listen to someone else's podcast and see what they've done. Yeah. And they had a lot more, and it, it some of it felt a little... Mm, I don't know, like, incendiary rumors that maybe they took from Sandra. Okay. But from- there were, like, some, the things that I brought up and that I mentioned were ones that there were court documents behind. Okay. So I don't think that necessarily there is any right party in this. Yeah. I think that, obviously, the kids are the true victims here and I think that they were the they were put in the unfortunate situation where your parents hate each other and you have to deal with the fallout they're trying to gaslight you in both directions yeah um the only other thing I will add in book club fashion in terms of the craft of this book um was that it was divided up into chapters and then in between each chapter there would be a definition like are you talking like bad, valid Victorian speech definition? It would the be definition like, of success. No, it would just say like Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines. It would be like contentious, one who argues. Like it was just like insanely broken up by that way. It would be like accessory. And I was like a purse, no. Um, so just like broken. Put up your shoes on. <laughs> now that makes me angry. It was very weird. Uh, does the book include any details about how the kids are now? Yeah, there's an afterword with the kids. They're all good? Yeah. Fine-ish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're good. Um, they have a relationship with David? They do. Okay. All of them. Um, and as I said before, they all... So then that kind of, then I guess, yeah. re-supports the, the side of David. Yeah. Because they clearly haven't spoken to their mother in years. No, they have And not. I think it, it didn't sound like it was from a court order... No, but it also, um, I'm going to fuck this up and I don't mean to, um... You're not fucking up on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck this up and I mean I want to get wrong. What I want to do is confuse names here. That's what I'm interested in. Okay. Um, but the younger daughter, which I think is Gianni? Yes, Samantha's okay. older. Um, still lives at home with dad, but Oh, it's she, Gianna. Gianni would be the boy version. I told you I was going to fuck it up. We got really close. Close enough that it took a minute for it to settle into my brain. Thank you. Uh, Gianna, um, still at the publication time of the book, lived at home with her dad, but when she does talk about her mom, she will be, like, very emotional and cry about the fact that she hasn't seen her mom in so many years. So I don't know that it's definitively on the kid's decision. It might just be that the rupture was too deep that Sandra doesn't want to broach it, or maybe dad wasn't want them reaching out. Sandra's too busy recording her podcast, doesn't have time for her family. Well. (laughs) Listen, I don't either. Um, but yeah, and the, uh, the last book club note I have for you. Would you like to know how this book ends? The last two words. Can Poorly. You, can you guess what they are? There's two words. It's the end of the book. What do you think those two words are? Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no? I wish. Any other That's my only guess. That is my only guess. Final answer, final jeopardy. Betting all my money on it. Well, I'm $12 richer now, and... <laughs> God damn it. The last two words are, the end. 
don't not mm, no don't yes bear bear is this like a 1930s silent movie yes and then everybody just like slowly hand drives into the background hand jobs into the background <laughs> amanda you're sick should we end it on that note <laughs> I think so. all right guys well go hand job yourself have a great night <laughs> I'll cut that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know if you should. I um, believe it. Shit, that's it? Yeah, that's what we got. Okay. This was a really interesting one. I'm yeah. glad that, uh, well, there wasn't a death. That was nice. Yeah. Wasn't super depressing. It was really interesting to research. I will say it was a little overwhelming just because there is so much information yeah, and sure none of it yeah. makes any fucking sense. Uh, I mean, most of that book didn't make sense to me. I also, I feel like every week we do this, I learned so much more about the judicial system that I was not taught in fourth are grade. Are you a lawyer now? <laughs> I think by next step, by 20. By 20, you'll be a lawyer. Yeah. And I've been a doctor for a while. You've been a doctor since F1. Yeah, still yeah. a doctor. But Wasn't you, relevant in this one, can, but I just want that to be stated for the, for the, for the record, for the, for the record. golden record. You can JD me at 20. <laughs> You're welcome. Sounds uh. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd I JD you after we get done with this? Who doesn't? Um, anyway, so... Let's close the book on this one? Let's close the book on this one. All right, well, follow us on Instagram because we know that there are some of you out there listening to us who have not followed us. Okay, when you say it in that voice, they're not going to do it because it sounds like a threat. It was. Say it sexually. That was my sexy voice. Oh, no. (laughs) Poor Eric. He likes it. Poor me. <laughs> Poor me. Uh, yeah, do that. Follow us on Instagram, Murder She Read Pod. Rate, review, all of that jazz. And Amanda has an email address that I don't have access to, so email her at murdershereadpod at gmail. I've given up on that one. No one will. <laughs> no one will email me. Even I haven't. I'm going to start emailing people. Just yourself. Strangers. And a circle jerk. <laughs> and chop yourself away. That's what you said before. Listen, I don't like me either. We gotta figure out the ending to this podcast. It's not that. It's not this, what we're doing right now. This is not great. Eh, Don't shake your hand at it like it's fine. Okay, let's open the book back up. Mm -hmm. Let's reclose it. Let's say our goodbyes and get away before... uh, Anybody makes any other uncouth jokes. Before we go to jail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, I think we're done. Yeah. All right, goodbye. Goodbye!